Amen. Can we stand together and just give the Lord praise, regardless of how you feel tonight? What a day that would be. Thank you, Jesus, that I've got my sins forgiven. I have a purpose for living, and I have a home in heaven. Amen. It's good to be in God's house tonight, isn't it? Thank you for being in God's house. I want to tell you something. I got up Sunday morning. And I told you, Lord willing, I'll be speaking tonight and Sunday. And then I had a friend call me who I haven't talked to my friend since camp meeting. Y'all, this is pretty cool. He calls me and he says, Pastor, he said, the Holy Spirit has placed you in my spirit and I know something's going on with you. I don't quite know what it all is, but the Holy Spirit told me to come to De Quincey. And me and you're going to have a sit-down talk because he put you in my spirit and I've been praying for you and I got a word for you. And I said, well, <laughs> okay. And we literally sat there yesterday from 1.30 till 4.30. And by the time it was over, um, I said, I know, I know that you have a word for this church. He said, I do. I do. I have a word for this church. The Lord gave me a word for De Quincey. And I said, well, I'd be a foolish man if I didn't bring you to this pulpit to give you an opportunity to share the word the Lord has given you. I want to introduce you to Brother Odo. I've known him for a long time, uh, but he had a season in his life that we were not connected, but we have reconnected. And I guess the last time we talked was probably camp meeting until you called me yesterday. Brother Odo's been 37 years in the ministry. He's, had, he's preached in 25 countries on five continents. He pastors the Church of the Apostles. And in eight years when he was pastoring the Church of the Apostles in Ruston, Louisiana, he baptized over 2,300 people in the lovely name of Jesus. He and his team have sent out missionaries literally around the world and they've given over hundreds and hundreds of thousands to missions. And now he has started the Church of the Apostles in New Orleans, Louisiana. And he is he and his son are just doing a phenomenal work. He is an apostle. He is a prophet. Most of all, he is a man of God and a Christian. And I am really honored. Here's what I know. Whatever you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. I'm going to say that again. Please hear me tonight. Whatever you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And the Lord knows where I've been. And the Lord sent a man to encourage me yesterday because he knew that I needed it. And he sent him to De Quincey because we need to hear what the Lord would say to his church. I think probably Brother Odo preached here probably... 30 plus years ago. There may be a few in here that was here that service, but 
for the most part, you're uh, speaking to a totally different congregation. But we receive you, Brother James Odo is his name. Would you receive Brother James Odo? Let's give that to the Lord. Amen. He's worthy. Come on. Let's really give it to him. Put our mind into it and applaud the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It is my honor to be here. And yes, it probably was about 30 years ago. And I was, there was a lot less of me to look at. I had a lot more hair. But y'all look good still. Amen. Amen. I'm very honored to be here tonight, and I am, of all of the things that he said, I am Pastor Wayne Nealon's friend, and he is mine, and I'm proud of that. You you have a wonderful pastoral family here, and they love this church and love you very much. I have known them since 1986. When did y'all get married? I want to put you on the spot. Twenty, you were twenty-three, so that was close to ninety. I was there. I can say it really happened. They actually were married. I was there, Bay City, Texas. Amen. And y'all know my good friend, Brother Ashcraft, Craig Ashcraft. He's my friend, and he said to send his regards as well. You know, I had a little thing I wanted to show y'all. Maybe I'll play it another time about New Orleans. But I came to De Quincey because Jesus told me to. I mean, I've come to De Quincey before when he didn't tell me to, and I enjoyed it just fine. But this, this is a church that is built on deep prayer an operation of the Spirit. It was birthed in that. How many of you were here? Anybody here when Brother... Uh, uh, my mind just went blank. Bonnet? Bennett. Bennett, Bennett, not Bonnet, Bennett. How many of you were here then? Amen. That's awesome. So, I wasn't here. I was selling dope then, but um, uh, I'm glad y'all were here. <laughs> This church is no stranger to the move of God. Church is no stranger to the supernatural. I told, I've always told our church this, and I'll say it again here. Either this is real or we're all crazy. And I'm not crazy. This is real. This is real. If you're here tonight and you're wondering, As Pilate wondered, is there truth? Yes, there is. But look, this isn't the truth. This is the foundation by which all truth is determined. It goes beyond truth. The word of God is the foundation by which or the plumb line by which you determine truth. That's stronger than just, if I tell you something that is factual, honest, right, and real, that's true. But this is the thing. This is alive. This is the living word of God. Does anybody believe that tonight? If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord real loud. 
Amen. And shout amen. Amen. The reason we say amen for all of you that are new to this, that means let it be. So if you feel amen, say amen, because your spirit's bearing witness with the spirit of God, and God wants to manifest that word in your life. That's why people say, why they always got to say amen when the preacher's preaching? Because you're saying, let that happen in me. Let it manifest in me. I believe we're going to have church tonight. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I've been on fire ever since pastor said he could meet me for coffee yesterday. Amen. Pastor Nealon has been in my spirit for several days. I did not know why. I do not, I don't just do that. But I was getting dressed and I started packing my clothes. I put a suit. I'm sorry I look like the bank examiner tonight. But I, you know, I'd rather be overdressed than underdressed. But I just started packing a suit. I knew Jesus was going to have me here. So that means God wants to do some miracles here tonight. Anybody familiar with that kind of move? I got a job. Listen, I got a church and I got a job. I don't need a place to preach or a paycheck. I'm here because Jesus told me to come here. Why are you here? Why'd you come tonight? What'd you come tonight? What did you come out to see? A reed shaking in the wind? But what came you out to see? You came to see a prophet. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God's getting ready to speak a prophetic word at the Pentecostal church in De Quincey, Louisiana. God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, is getting ready to come down and kiss this house. Amen. It's not that I don't have anything to preach. It's I've got so much to preach. And I don't want to keep y'all here all night. But I want to tell you this. We have come to an appointed time. Mark this down. If you're a note taker, put the date next to it and write this down. The church in De Quincey has come to a place of manifestation. You have preached it. You have prayed about it. You have prophesied about it. Preachers have come by to bear witness. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. But I'm telling you, as of this night, God is going to begin to take out of layaway. God is getting ready to allow you to reap a harvest that other men have sown, that other men have watered. Say, oh my God, he's a screamer. Yes, I am. I am on fire. It's like fire shut up in my bones. That ain't the Holy Ghost the Bible's talking about. Jeremiah preached for 40 years and never had one convert. He said, I'm not going to preach it anymore. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. He said, I will no longer speak the word of the Lord nor prophesy of his name. And the Bible says the word of the Lord was like a fire shut up in his bones. I wonder how long it's been since the word has burned you. I wonder how long it's been since God's been able to move in your life in such a way that you couldn't help but speak it. Oh, did I break a barrier here? I'm about to start climbing the backs of these pews. I'm getting ready to go full contact Pentecost up in this place. Oh my goodness. Flag football days are over. It's full contact Pentecost tonight. Woo! Hallelujah. Man, I done pulled up notes to send in to put on the display and thought about all of that, but the Holy Ghost is speaking 
in this house tonight. Amos chapter 8 says it this way. He says, in that day I will send forth a famine in the land. Not a famine of meat or of drink, but a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. It does not say a famine of the word of God. There is no shortage of scripture nor access to scripture. If you don't have a a paper bound Bible or a leather bound Bible, you can find any number of translations of the Bible in digital form at any time, day or night, no matter where you are. There is no limitation on access to the word of the Lord. But I tell you this, pastor, what we are having a great dearth of, what this church and all churches are starving from is the fact that people do not have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Hallelujah. I did not come to whip anybody. I'm not that guy. I didn't come here to give you a spanking. I'm not even preaching to you. I'm preaching to the dimension of time and space. I'm releasing the word of the Lord. I had to have my feet on the ground in this city. I believe strongly in celestial geography. I believe that you have to stand in a certain place when God wants you to say certain things. You want Bible for it? Paul was going to preach to Asia. God said, don't go to Asia. He said, I tried to go to Asia three times and couldn't go. And I had a dream. And the Bible says that he saw a vision of a man in Macedonia that said, come over here. Why? Because it was God's time. And it's De Quincey's time. It's De Quincey's time. There have been people praying and, and seeking God in a way they don't even know why. I got a call from our music minister today. He said, Pastor, well, I'm in New Orleans, so everybody talks like that. He said, Pastor, I don't know why, but yesterday at 10 o'clock, I started talking in tongues. I couldn't stop talking in tongues. My wife called me and said, leave me alone, baby. I'm talking to Jesus. He said, what was happening? I said, I'll tell you what was happening. I tried to call you to get you to pray for me because I was going to give a word to a man of God so I couldn't get in touch with you by AT&T so Jesus got a hold of you, started moving on you. He said, I was praying in tongues. I couldn't even talk in English. Why would something like that happen? I'll tell you why. Because God is sending a word to De Quincey. And, and, And yesterday was the day for the man of God to receive the word. And today's the day for the church of the living. I want to be here on Wednesday night, not on a Sunday. Come on now. This is where the full contact folks show up. Amen. Listen to me. All you guys, they said, I ain't a prophet. Now I'm just saying you guys came from the drug and rehab, whatever ministry, whatever we got, which all of us got some kind of whatever ministry we need to be part of. This is the real deal. This, this is why you were getting high. It was a replica of this. It was a replica of what God, it it, it was a cheap imitation of God moving in your life because that that level that you wanted to get to, that, 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 that healing that you needed, whatever it was, that anesthesia you needed to get, that's praise and worship in the Holy Ghost. But I'm gonna tell you what you were looking for. That big empty spot in your life, hallelujah, that's the new birth. That's when you go down in that water in the name of Jesus and God changes your DNA and then he fills you with his spirit and he fuses you with the God that created heaven and earth. Be skeptical if you want to, but I smoked enough dope to make everybody
I ain't ever done nothing like that, Brother Odo. I just had a little low drink. I'll tell you what God is more concerned with. He's more concerned with a church that doesn't have ears to hear. With a church that has a death grip on their routine so hard that God can't do a new. He said, behold, I do a new thing. I'll make a highway in the wilderness. Well, let me ask you something. Why does God need a highway in the wilderness? It's the wilderness. Why you won't go to the wilderness? It ain't for going to the wilderness. It's for getting your wandering hide out of the wilderness. How many of you have felt that in your spirit for years now? You've just felt as though uh, it ain't quite like remember back in the day when we used to feel like there was a vision of what we could be. I was so glad to hear y'all singing that song about going to heaven. Amen. I plan on being there. But I'm going to tell you something. I plan on doing a whole lot of heaven down here too. I plan on operating in the earnest of my inheritance, which is the Holy Ghost down here too. I didn't even start preaching yet, y'all. I'm sorry. But, 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 but I feel, I'm telling you something. I feel a connection here. I feel like there's been some people that have been praying in their, in their prayer closet. They ain't been letting nobody know and you ain't ready to give up. But you're just saying, God, when? When? When are we going to see that manifestation, Lord? When are we going to see your word come to pass? Well, let me give you the word that the Holy Ghost gave to me for this church. Isaiah 9 and 8, he said, For behold, I sent a word unto Jacob, and it lighted upon Israel. Now, do you know what the preceding verses to that are? He said, For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. He shall sit upon the throne of his father David, and he shall order it and establish it henceforth and forevermore for the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. Then he said, I'll send a word to Jacob and it's going to light on Israel. Why did he say that? Because Jacob is God's man after the flesh and Israel is God's man after the spirit. You see, some of us have slipped into the mindset of lineage. We've slipped into the mindset of, 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 the, of the earthly things, the earthly manifestation. You're in the most carnal endeavor that you could ever be in. You're building a building. If you want to backslide, build a building. I've built them. That's what I do for a living. It's help churches get money to build their buildings. Except for I get it from the insurance companies. If you, oh, do you hear how dead it got? See, that devil don't want me talking about this. He don't want me talking about this because then you're talking about heritage. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God showed you what can happen to your heritage in about an hour and a half with a cat five. Didn't he? Come on, somebody. I ain't here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. 
Now you need to hear what I'm saying to you, honey. And I've, I'll cut up and joke and I'll do a little tap dance for you and make you get nice and relaxed. But God's going to send a word to Jacob. And I'm praying to God that Israel reaches up and grabs a hold of it. Because God's showing you right now that you don't need a building to have revival. He's going to finish the building. And all you bean counters, don't worry. He's going to pay for it. Don't you worry about it. God's going to take care of his people. For my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we might ask or think according to the power that works within us. You pull my coat if I get out of line and then I'll run from you and keep preaching anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm shaking some of y'all up. I can tell that some of y'all just would have been saying, my God, when was this going to happen? But let me tell you what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to get you focused on everything except for the plan of God and the manifestation of his word. Now we're reaching all the way back. This is the thing that you've got to understand. Yesterday is not gone. It's not gone. We deal in eternity in the ever-present now. So every preacher that's ever been in this pulpit and every word that's ever been preached in this pulpit or any other pulpit in any other building in this city under the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they're still here. The Bible says, for seeing that we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, oh my God, I wish that the church would stop thinking of his word as a fairy tale and understand that it is the reality in which we live. Every preacher that has ever preached, every prophet that has ever prophesied is in this house right now. And if you can elevate your thinking above getting the electric bill paid and his old uncle Gus gonna come to church, is he ever gonna get out of that thinking stop worrying about the minutiae and focus on the kingdom give no thought for the morrow for sufficient for the day is the evil thereof say so why are you so far I'm, I'm telling you folks my guts are coming out God is moving in such a way and I am seeing what God is doing and, and, and you say, well, well, my God, brother, no, we just over here in De Quincey, you know, we just, no. No, you don't understand. This is a railhead. This is a railhead. If you know anything about the, why, why did the prophet come here? Because this is a railhead. It's where humanity is moved. That's what rivers are places in which the spirit moves. Humanity, commerce, all of those things have passed through this area here. And wherever there's humanity, guess what there is? There's spiritual warfare going on. That's why. Why did T.W. Barnes go to Minden, Louisiana? You ever been to Minden, Louisiana? I love Louisiana. I've been in Louisiana longer than I've been in Texas, but I'm from Texas. But I keep coming back over here because this is my home. Why, why in the world would he 
I mean, he's got a, a prophetic ministry. He, he's a seer. Why, why would he go there? Why would Brother Bennett be here? Why would, why would these prophets be here? In the, I'll tell you why. Because there's movement here in the spirit. And there's a place as strong as say, I don't believe all that. Well, then you don't believe the Bible. Let me let you in on a secret, sunshine. There are angels in every book of the Bible except for the book of Ruth, I think, and Esther. Every significant move of God that has ever taken place was preceded by celestial interaction. Every one of them. And what blows my mind is we speak in a language we don't know. And you believe our bodies are going to molecularly change and we're going to get trans translated into heaven? But see, the thing is we really don't believe that. Because immediately, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Do you feel what's happening when I say something like that? Do you feel that sitting that comes on this congregation? Do you feel that? That's what I'm talking about. That devil don't want you back in your prayer closet for real. That devil doesn't want you realizing that you're engaged fully in this battle. Sir, listen to me. He wants to get you questioning in every way that he can get you to question. I'm telling you something. If you come down to New Orleans for about an hour with me, I will blow your mind. I don't even want to get into it because then you're going to think I'm smoking dope again or something. But the, but, but the fact is, is when you realize that all the enemy has to do is get you to make this gospel practical. All right. And you lose. All right. All right. Well, that just don't make sense. Oh, so a virgin birth does. That makes sense? Behold, a virgin shall conceive. That, that makes sense? No. As a matter of fact, nothing that God does makes sense. Not one single thing that God truly does makes sense. Do you know that a hummingbird's wings aren't big enough for it to fly? Nobody shared that with the hummingbird, so he just flies. But you see, when we start engaging our reasoning in it, that's when Jacob takes over. That's when Jacob starts realizing, I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to set something in place for me to get this birthright, for me to get this blessing. I'm going to have to do some conniving, and I'm going to have to do... Listen, I'm going to tell you something, folks. For all you people, all you guys that think that somehow or another, you know, them preachers, this is just about them getting a paycheck. I'm going to tell you something, brother. You couldn't melt me and pour me into this job. And there ain't enough money in the world to put up with the stress and the pressure and the things you've got to put up with. I'm telling you, folks, listen to me. There was a day when this church understood deeply the weight of the mantle. Can I get a witness from some, some of you that raised your hands? The burden of the word of the Lord came to Amos. The burden of the word of the Lord came to Hezekiah. The burden of the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And the burden of the word of the Lord has come to Wayne Nealon. I'm here to tell you, to remind you that God has put a man of God 
a prophet of God, an apostle. And I'm not here to pump him up. My check is in my pocket and it's just going to be the same no matter what. There are no bonuses here. But I'm telling you folks, if you're here and you're, this is your first acquaintance with this, with this church, let me tell you something. You know when you were praying about being part of a church that had a real deep move of God? This is it. This is the place. This, you, God led you to this place. Don't go. Do me a favor. Come here for 30 days like this is your church. If this isn't your church, act like this is your church for 30 days. Come to everything. Come to every prayer meeting. Come to every service. Be here. Act just get up in here. Get crazy with us. Do everything. And I promise you, everything that you prayed for, God's going to give it to you right here in this building. This is a place where your lost children will come back to God. This is a place where your alcoholic son will get delivered. This is a place where your wayward daughter will find her way back home. Is, is that okay? Can, can, I'm good. Y'all with me say amen? amen? I'm so thankful I got that amen. amen. See, this is the Wednesday night crowd. This ain't the Sunday crowd. Sunday y'all be fishing around a little bit, but Wednesday night, come on. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. You see, it's about the transition. We don't like the change. I hate change. When I traveled and preached, my family hated when we got hungry because if I drove past a Cracker Barrel, I was going to pull into that Cracker Barrel and I'm going to order the exact same thing every single time. Amen. I go to a restaurant. They say, what's good here? I don't know. I've only eaten one thing. I like it, so I just keep eating it because that's how I am. I'm, I'm not a complex person. I don't like change. But this is the thing. God said, I'm God and I change not. So if God has ever changed, then that means he is continually changing. And God has changed. So that means he's continually changing. And unfortunately for us, we're trapped in the dimension of time and space and he's in eternity. So he's continually changing at the exact same time, never moving. But what happens to us is time is the reverse escalator so if I stop guess what happens I never get to where I'm aimed and when you're dealing with the kingdom of God he said don't go here or don't go there if they say the kingdom of God is over there don't go there if they say the kingdom of God is over there don't he said the kingdom of heaven is within you well, well, well wait a minute what, what are you trying to tell me Lord the kingdom of heaven is within me I'm bound by the dimension of time and space how can the kingdom be in me because when I fill you with my spirit you become eternal you become eternal and then the dimension of time and space no longer has the same effect on you as it does on everybody else. People say, well, I don't know whether I need the Holy Ghost or not. The Bible says if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. Right. Say, well, I got the Spirit of Christ when I believe. Well, how come in Acts chapter 19, the Bible
The Bible says, Paul asked, and he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Why would he ask that question if you get it when you believe? I'm not trying to take away from anybody. Let's just be scripturally accurate here because not being scripturally accurate will keep us from experiencing the manifestation of the Word of God in our lives. But you see, I, I, but, I, but, but back here I gave my life to look good. And that's what you needed to do then. But you see, time has changed and you've changed. You're not even that person anymore. See, David was in a hole. He was hiding out. He was in a cave, the cave of Adullam. Can I keep preaching? Y'all with me still? Say amen. amen. All right, good. That's about three quarters of you. That's enough for me to get a, a vote of confidence. So David is running from Saul. He's anointed to be king. He has the... He has everything in place to be king except for one thing. And that is the old system has not gone yet. The former king has not left. And so he honors that old king and that king wants to kill him. You see, (laughs) that old system will want to kill you and have you hiding out somewhere. David is hiding out with now listen to me. You see how I'm dressed. I came dressed like the banker. All right. I believe you got to walk right, talk right, spit white, the whole nine yards. Okay. I'm not taking away from any of our heritage. I thank God for our Pentecostal heritage. Amen. The things that are rooted in the scripture. The rest of it's coming for a burning. And you might want to find and stand in a holy place. Because when that fire falls, it's going to burn up everything that ain't like him. Come on, somebody, listen to me. I love you. I'm not here to whoop you. I'm here to warn you. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to encourage you. You get a hold of the things that are eternal. You get a hold of the things that are scriptural and you ain't got nothing to worry about. God's fire is coming though, folks. And judgment must begin at the house of God. So David has got an enemy, a domestic enemy sitting at the base of the cave. Now, I used to think, well, if he's in a cave, why didn't Saul just run in the cave and kill him? Well, because the cave is about 35 feet in the air. And there's an artesian well in there that's pouring out a waterfall. I've been there. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Craggy rocks. It's a great place to hide. But David is immobile. And he's got all these people following him. He's anointed to be king. And Saul, a man that he's pledged his undying loyalty to, is standing down at the His father-in-law, for crying out loud, is down there trying to kill him. You think you got problems? Dave's got problems. But not only that, the Bible says his hometown, Bethlehem, is the garrison of the Philistines now. So he's got domestic enemies and he's got foreign enemies. And his home is under siege. I'm preaching to some people right now Your home is under siege. And you're trapped in a cave somewhere hiding out. And the Bible says that David was there and he longed for a drink from the well of Bethlehem. He's drinking artesian water. And he's longing for a drink from a well. Well, I did some study. There is no well in Bethlehem. It's a cistern. Anybody ever drank out of a cistern before? I have. It's nasty. A cistern is a big cow trough. 
Water is either caught or brought. Now David is standing next to a living well, drinking out of a living well, and he's longing for water that is either brought or caught. Does that sound like church to any of you? God's spirit's moving. The well is springing forth. Jesus said, in the last days, saith him, uh, Christ, or the last, uh, he said, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, but the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. There has to be a suffering before there can be a springing forth. And David is longing to drink out of this well, this cistern. Well, it just so happened that there were some fellas that were mighty capable. You see, this is a put up or shut up kind of church. You start longing for stuff, we got a God that can provide it. And David said, oh, I wish I could get a drink out of that well. And they said, hey, there's nobody in here to kill. Let's go get David some water. Because these guys were the guys that when there wasn't anybody to fight, they jumped into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. These guys were men of action. And so they go out and they fight their way through Saul. They fight their way through the Philistines. They get the water, fight their way back through the Philistines, fight their way back through Saul's army, and they hand that cup to David. Be careful what you wish for. And make sure you understand what it is that you're praying for. Because David was praying for a drink of water, but it wasn't water he wanted. He wasn't thirsty. He was nostalgic. Make sure you're thirsty and not nostalgic. You heard me? As they would say in Uptown. You heard me? Make sure that it is a thirst that you want satisfied and not a nostalgic itch that you want scratched. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. My Lord. So David did what only we can do when we come to that place. He recognized. He woke up. Because see, there was a famine in the land, not a famine of meat or drink, but a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. David, you need to recognize who you are. Let me tell you something to Quincy Church. You need to remember who you are. You need to remember who you are. You're not just some bunch of little old crazy folk over here holding on to some old whatever. No, 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 no. No, you've seen the dead raised. You've seen the blind eyes open. You've seen the deaf ears unstopped. You've seen cancer removed. It might have been a little while. And somebody might have got a hold of that head of yours and started making you think, well, you know, the marvels of modern medicine. Let me tell you something that a doctor confessed to me. He said, we don't heal anybody. All we do is facilitate healing. If those molecules don't come together, 
in the way that they're supposed to come together, there won't be any healing. We can do everything that we can do, but there is only so much we can do. God is the healer. So David took that cup. You see, some of you, that cup is full of all kinds of things. Some of you, it's full of success. Some of you like that old fellow, you always live in the glory days about remember back when. We, we, we ain't had nothing going in the last God knows how long, but, but remember back when? And you want to intoxicate yourself on that. But then see, some of you, you're stuck in a moment of failure. Men, listen to me. You are not the same person you were. That's not you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Okay, but now this is the deal. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. You might be different, but nobody else knows that. Seed, time, and harvest. Stop expecting people to see a supernatural change. They are only seeing with natural eyes. So take that cup and pour it out to the Lord. Pour it out to the Lord because you will never get what God has for you until you let go of what he already gave you. You say, well, well, God gave us this. If God gave it to you, it will last. If he didn't, it will burn. Let me tell you something, folks. You've got to hear the word of the Lord. You've got to be ready to hear the word of the Lord. Abraham, see, see, most of us, we'd have killed Isaac. Because we heard a word back in the day, and it said, take thy son, thy only son, and take him up into that mountain and sacrifice him. You've got to be able to hear from God between here and here. You've got to hear a right now word from God. You've got to be ready for the living word of God. You've got to understand that the word of God leads you to a place and then it morphs and takes you into another dimension. Yes, sir. At, at what time is it? I got, oh, I got one minute. Y'all got anywhere to go? I got work tomorrow. I remember when folks would work all day. I remember this, and I ain't that old. I remember when folks would work all day. I'm going to preach to you because I like your amen. I don't know you, but I'm going to preach to you because me and you are on the same page. (laughs) Y'all don't know her. (laughs) Listen to me. God is, hey, Sister Hannigan, God bless you. I love Sister Hannigan. Amen. What a sweetheart. Oh, I do love you so. Amen. Listen, God is doing something right now. He's taking us to a place. Just like when he died. No, Mary. She loved him. I'm closing, I promise. Wheels are down. I'm trying to find a runway. You see, you have to understand something. We're reading the scripture with an understanding of the rest of the Bible that we've already read. They were living it. So Mary, 
Her life was changed. She was an outcast. She wasn't, you know, the Bible says that she was a harlot. She wasn't a harlot. She, she, had, she, was, she had mental problems. She was not a desirable woman. She was not a woman that was, had any, any prestige in, 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 in any town. And when Jesus came, he changed her life. He gave her, he not only changed her life, he gave her a purpose. And her purpose was to minister to him. And she served him. And she, and she was there hearing his words and watching all of the good. Listen to me, folks. I know everybody in here has a reason. There's a lot of good reasons we're the way we are. There just ain't any good excuses. We all have a reason to be better. But let me tell you something. The archetypal man, the perfect man, you want to talk about injustice. Here's a man that never did anything but good. And everybody knew it. He was accused by religious people that everybody knew was corrupt. He was, he was judged by a heathen king that doubted the very existence of truth. And here's the living truth in front of him and he's judging him. His own people reject him. They beat him. They strip him naked and humiliate him publicly and they spit in his face and beat him, the Bible says, so badly that you couldn't even recognize him as a man. They slap a cross on his back and make him carry his own cross up to Galgotha's hill. They choose a guilty man who everybody knows is guilty to be freed and sentence him not just to death, but death by slow suffocation. That's what crucifixion is. Crucifixion is a death by, by exhaustion and suffocation. They, they mock him. They jam a crown of thorns on his head. They crucify him and finally they pierce him. And blood and water flows. And Mary watches the whole thing. All the while saying, how, how can you do this? How, how can this be the plan of God? Anybody relate to what I'm saying? How can, how can this be the way it's going to be done, God? And then they take him down. They put him in a tomb. And at this point in time, everything that he has said to them, they have forgotten because they're so overwhelmed with what they thought was supposed to happen. You see... This is the deal, folks. It's not that God's not doing what He said. He's just not doing it the way you thought He was going to do it. And so on the third day, they go back to do what they've always done, and that's tend to the body of Jesus. And they come and the stone's rolled away. And oh my God, now it's... Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. Lord insult to injury, they have stolen his body. 
You've taken the object of my affection. I, I can't even put spices on his dead body. They turn around, the angel of the Lord is there, and he says, whoa, he's not here. He's risen. Now, of course, I'm, I'm merging the Matthew, Mark, Luke and his stories all together because they're synoptic gospels. So Mary turns and she sees the gardener and she starts talking to him and, and she says, well, where are they taking him? Tell me, tell me where they put him and I'll go get him. I'll get him. Just, just please just tell me where they put him. And he says, Mary, Don't you recognize me? And she says, Rabboni. She reaches out to get a hold of him and says, ha don't touch me. I've got to ascend. There's work to do here. But this is a deal, folks. People have, people have debated over if he touched, she touched him, he wouldn't be able to enter in. Oh, no, the word means don't hang on to me. Don't hang on to me. Because I'm transforming. I'm doing what I was called to do. I could not explain it to you because you wouldn't understand it. Just trust me. Brother Tenney used to always say this. When you can't see the hand of God, trust the heart of God. Listen to me. Now this is an Odo right here off of a Tenney. Relationship will keep you until revelation comes to you. This church, since its inception, has been a steady bastion of truth. Every preacher that has come here has been a steady harbinger of the truth of the Word of God and a passion for the lost and for the move of God and the will of God. I can remember any time you ever wanted to be anywhere, De Quincey was represented well. Always, and you should thank God for that. But let me tell you something. Don't hang on to it. Don't hang on to it because all of that seed that was sown is morphing. You're not even going to recognize it. An oak, uh, an acorn doesn't look anything like an oak tree. But it's got all the DNA and all the seed that was sown and all the water that was watered and all the faithfulness of all the saints is all coming to fruition and praise God we get to take it out of layaway we get to see this harvest then they run and they go tell oh hey he's alive the Bible says that the, the men folk said, these are idle tales. But guess what? They jump up and go run to the sepulcher anyway. They get up and they run to the sepulcher. But you see, they ran in unbelief. And when you seek God in unbelief, you will only see evidence of His absence, not His presence. When they ran in, all they saw was grave clothes. They didn't see him then. 
They had to go turn away and process it. And you see, some of you, you're going to understand. You'll be, why didn't the pastor preach tonight? That, that little bald-headed fella come over here hollering and running around. I don't, you're going to have to go home and ponder it for a little while. Because some of you, just can't, all you're seeing is grave clothes right now. <laughs> but in a day or two, it's going to dawn on you that you've been holding on to some things. And I'm not saying they weren't God. Listen, there's two kinds of idolatry. There's doing what God never told you to do and worshiping it as God. And the other is doing what God did tell you to do beyond its time. Here's your scripture. A type of Christ is the brazen serpent. They were being bitten of serpents in the wilderness. And God told Moses, make a brazen serpent and hold it up. Actually, that's the symbol. That's where we get the symbol for medicine from. The snake wrapped around the stick. It's called a hushathan. When they raised up that, that serpent, when they looked at it, they were healed. But the commandment of God said, don't make any graven images and worship them as me. It was a tool. But 400 years later, they've got it in the temple next to the altar of incense and gave it a name. A hushathan. And God ended up having them beat it into powder and feed it to them. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Religion is what you get when the Holy Ghost leaves the building. Religion is what you get when you're more about the form than you are about the substance. Oh, come on now. Religion is what you get when you are more satisfied with the icon than you are with the program. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good now. Listen to me, church. This is a way homer. This is going to hit you on the way home. What God is looking for is for a people that understand Him. And this is the last thing I'm going to tell you for now. When God was pushing Eli's house out of the priesthood and bringing Samuel in, he began to talk to Samuel, but Samuel did not know how to respond to the voice of God. God had stopped talking to Eli, but Eli knew how to listen and to respond when he did hear. Listen to me. There comes a point in time where God changes priesthoods. He transfers, and in that day we have to be careful that we transition to that new thing. Samuel had the same problem when it came to letting go of Saul. And he had to dress himself and go and pour that oil out onto David. And when David received that oil on his head, he became the king. So years later, when he's standing with that cup in his hand, he's wanting to drink the drink of a shepherd. But the water that satisfies a shepherd won't quench the thirst of a king. All right. All right. Listen to me, De Quincey. Listen to me, good people. Good people, I mean that. Thank you. Thank you for holding the line. Thank you. But look in the cup. It won't satisfy you.
pour it out. And let God give you a drink of living water. There's living water springing out. Amen. You hear that? (laughs) That was the rocks breaking. Thank you. Amen. Stand with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. God Almighty. Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the King. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight. You want to pour that cup out. I know it's a tradition. I know it's wore out a lot of times. But why don't you make a statement of faith and move out of where you are. If you're here tonight and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues, stop fighting it. And let God fill you with His Spirit. If you're that person, I want you to come right up here in front. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Right on, right on, right on. You ready? You repented of your sins? What did Jesus say when you said, I'm sorry? Amen. That's in the book. Amen. The Word of God manifested in your life through your obedience. Amen. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? You have? You baptized Him here? But it was in Jesus' name? Amen. Well, guess what? It is not up to you at this point at all to do anything but receive because you've repented of your sins and you've been obedient to the Word of God and been water baptized in Jesus' name. Now, do you know what happened when you went down in that water? You weren't baptized for your sin. You were baptized for the sin of Adam that you were born into. When you asked for forgiveness, He forgave you, but that's, that's why we have to be baptized in Jesus' name. Because it's the sin of Adam that's on me that made me a sinner to begin with. The Bible said I didn't even know anything about sin until the law was there. So guess what? You're just like that little baby that's been conceived and in its mother's womb. And today we're going to take you to the birthing room. Now what happens when that baby breaches the womb? What does that doctor do? Takes him and spanks him on his little bottom. Why is that? He wants him to cry, right? Because the audible gives evidence of the invisible. Amen. So when your lungs are filled with air, it comes out and that baby can't say, I'm good, y'all. He cries. Amen. Well, in the spirit, the Bible says it's the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Praise God. The Bible says a tongue is the most unruly member and no man can tame it. Now, when we ask God to fill us, He fills us immediately, but He won't abide unless we give Him control. Now, can you speak another language? I can. I can speak. I can find a bathroom and find out if anybody speaks English in about eight languages. Okay? But the one thing about speaking another language is you can't speak two of them at the same time. You either speak English or you speak in that other language. So this is what's going to happen. We're going to start out in English because you're familiar and we want to warm you up a little bit, right? 
But when the Holy Ghost hits you, He's going to take your tongue. And it's going to be your tongue. It's going to be your voice. But it's going to be God giving you the ability to speak. You ready for that? Amen. What's your name? Kevin. I'm glad that I'm here to watch you get the Holy Ghost. You say, my, my, you're awful confident. Well, I didn't promise him the Holy Ghost. Jesus did. So guess what's going to happen for Kevin right now? Kevin's getting ready to get the Holy Ghost. You know how I know that? Because my God don't lie. So lift your hands to him right now. Amen. I want you to, come on, church. Let's go. There ain't no sideshow. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Sing it. Come on. Hallelujah. There you go, Kev. That's him right there. Stop that. That's him. That's him. Come on, son. You got to let it out. That's him. That's him. I'm telling you, if you're in this building and you need the Holy Ghost, open your mouth and let God speak through you right now. Let's do a healing line. You want to see God just come on up here. Uh, uh, listen to me. I wish I lived in De Quincey so I could come to this church. I mean that. I wish I had a pastor like this pastor. I got a great pastor. My pastor's great. But if I lived in this town, I'd come to this church. Praise God. Amen. I'll tell you why. Because you got a man of God that understands the operation of the Spirit. And you, you have had those throughout all time. And, and this is the deal, folks. Y'all are so accustomed to it. You don't even know what you got. You don't even know what you got. So let me tell you what the enemy wants to do. He wants to run around and sow discord. I'm not saying anybody. Listen to me. It's not people. People are people. I don't like stuff. Sometimes I went and preached at a church the other day and this woman kept singing the same thing over and over and over and, and seriously to the point that I'm on the front row going hallelujah come on okay thank you hallelujah alright thank you but then all of a sudden tears started running down her face she wasn't worried about me or what I like or what I don't like and I'll tell you what we had a move of God in that place like never before you say, well, Brother Odo, what, 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 what do we do? I'll tell you what we do. We go back to what got us here. 
That's when we get back to the place where the men of this church, the men of this church say it's time to pray. And they come up to this place. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. I'm not scolding. Listen, I'm a leader of men. The church that I pastored in Ruston, we had 400 people in that church, give or take. There were two men, two women in our church whose husbands didn't come to church. Two. You know why? Because I lead men. That's what kind of pastor you got here. He leads men. And those men lead their families. That's how every pastor has pastored in this, in this church. Now men, listen to me. This world is beating you. This world is hammering you. This world is working on you. This world is doing everything it can to wear you down. If there was ever a time for you to push through that space where you're not feeling God... To get to the place. You know what I'm talking about. That place where you say. Now why in the world did it take me so long to get to this place. Anybody. I'm just going to be real with you. That happens to me all the time. I can get carnal as a bootstrap. And I'll get to praying. And the Holy Ghost will get to moving on me. And I'll think. Now why in the world did I not get here sooner. Listen to me. Listen to me. I need you. Not just him. I need you to get a hold of God like that. Where I'm at, I've got 25 people, folks. Now, God can save by many or he can save by few. But I'm going to tell you why God's... I'm going to be preaching in DeRitter in a couple of weeks. And God's got me going to all these old flagship churches. So I'll tell you why. I'm, I live in hell. In front of my house, Pastor. A woman hacked a guy to death with a knife for no reason. The devils are thick where I live. I would really like to think that there's some men on their knees in the city of De Quincey praying a covering over me. I really would like to think that. I would appreciate that. More than anything, look, I got a job. It ain't the money. I don't need the money. What I need is prayer. I need a covering. And my brother, come here, come here. My brother pastors a wonderful church in De Quincey. This is an apostle. He's not a pastor. He's not a pastor. He's an apostle. That's why God's opening doors. He ain't going nowhere. Oh, I'm glad all five of y'all are glad to hear that. He ain't going nowhere. But let me tell you what he is going to be doing. He's going to be ordaining ministries. And you're part of that. Come on, brother, right here. Come on, brother, right there. You right there. Come here, stand right here, both y'all. Come here. Come here, stand right here. Brother David, come right here. Right here. Come on. Amen. I don't know you from Adam's house, cat. Do I? I sure don't. But I'm going to tell you something. Your heart is in this. Your heart is in this. Take your, pa- take your pastor by the hand. Praise God. See that right there? That's what, that's what we need. I'm going to tell you, that will destroy the yoke of bondage in your life and in your family. That right there will do it because he's linked to him and he's linked to ministry outside of this city. We're a body. We're a body. We're a body. The body's got to be connected. The body's got to be in communication. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now to God all over this place. We'll never be the same again. Pledge that with me, Lord Jesus. Say it with me, Lord Jesus. I pledge tonight. I pledge tonight. I will never be the same again. Hallelujah. I will look at your kingdom differently and I will make room for your kingdom to come into my life, to expand in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I think the Lord wants to speak. Y'all, let's, let's wait on the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Yield to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. Come on. Jesus. There. There. Speak it. Speak it, brother. Let's pray for the interpretation. Lord, in Jesus' name, speak to us, Lord. Come on, you're fighting it, sister. You're fighting it, brother. Let it loose. You're not worthy. Everybody knows that. Jesus makes you worthy. Be used of God. Come on. Speak it. Praise you, Jesus. Come on. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You, right here, speak it. Come on, say it. Yes, come on. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Yes. Now the interpretation. Come on. This is 1 Corinthians right here. This is the, the Bible says let, let them speak and then we pray for the interpretation. Come on now. There's somebody, you've got the word and you're holding back. Brother, right there. What's on your heart? Blue shirt, right here. Tap him. Lift your hands and speak it, brother. Say what's in your heart right now. That's him. That's him. Jesus name. Jesus name. Listen, God's moving through this house trying to find a vessel. Come on. 
Say, I've never seen this before. Read it. It's in 1 Corinthians. Come on. Speak. Go. Heaven's on fire for this church. Tell it. Come on. Speak. He's got blessings to pour out upon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Come on. Come on. Let it flow. Let it flow. The Holy Ghost is in here. Yes. It's yours if you want it. Come on. Hallelujah. And the gates are open. Yes. You see what God's doing? In the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall see visions, and your young men shall dream dreams. That's what's happening right now. God's using the new, He's using the old. We're there, we're moving in it. Come on. This is this is how it works. This is how it works. Now, God wants to heal some people in this house right now. Listen, if you need to be dismissed, God bless you. Come on, you need a healing. What have you need of, sister? From the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I rebuke every bit of pain in this body. Hallelujah. Lord God, if she's this side of the dirt, Lord, then she needs to walk in healing and strength. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every bit of pain from arthritis, bursitis, whatever it is, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. We will live until we lay down, Lord God, and we will live in health and prosper. (laughs) What you need? You got it? You want to let go of it? Okay. That's right. That's right. What do you have? That's right. You got the word of the Lord. Lift your hands to God. He sent forth his word and he healed them. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every effect of of this heart condition. I rebuke it. I pray that the body heal itself right now. I pray the Holy Ghost fill this man to over. You need to let the Holy Ghost loose right now, sir. Speak that right now. Complete healing. I rebuke all the effects of congestive heart failure. In Jesus' name, I rebuke all the effects of it. I pray you fill him to overflowing with the Holy Ghost right now. Let that loose right there, brother. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Praise God. Brother Dave, come over here. Amen. What have you need of? Right here. Does it come around the front? And it hurts when you do like this right here? You're the reason I've been feeling this. My Lord, that's what that was. You heard me? Yeah. You feel better? Okay. Well, when's he going to do it? Okay. In Jesus' name. (laughs) That's what I want to hear. He's going to heal me right now. In the name of Jesus, I take hold of this. This thing healing. this, This bread that my Father has from me. Oh! For if one of your children asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent or an egg? Would you give him a scorpion? If he asked for a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone? How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Ghost if you ask for it? Healing in his body right now. Jesus' name. Do this here. Come on. What's happening? Amen. Feels good. Thank the Lord. Come on. Yeah, come on. 
do something you couldn't do before. Come on. <laughs> Woo! Come on, somebody. Can we give God praise in this house on a Wednesday? Can God heal on a Wednesday? You know, this is kind of like the kid on the merry-go-round. I don't want to let go and give somebody else a ride. I'm about to turn it back to the pastor here in a minute. I don't want to, I don't want to let loose of this flow right now, though. Is there anybody else here that has not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that wants it? Is it you? Okay. What's your name? Lee? Where are you from? Good deal. Me too. You believe God will fill people from Texas with the Holy Ghost? A lot of these folks over here don't believe that, but I do. They think you got to be from Louisiana to get the Holy Ghost, but I think you... What part of Texas are you from? Get on out. Se habla español. Espíritu Santo es para ti. Amen. Amen. You believe that? Praise God. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? You have? And you've repented of your sin. Then you know what that means? That means all it is to is to receive it. You ready for that? Amen. Simon, Simon, Simon. <laughs> Come on, listen to me. The Holy Ghost is all over you. Your mama's a prayer warrior, isn't she? Yes, she is. Let me tell you what she's doing right now. She's on her knees and she's saying, God, save my boy. Fill my boy with the Holy Ghost. And you're going to go home and you're going to tell her, Mama, yo tiene. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Lift your hands to him right now. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your voice to him. When I lay my hand on your head, you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to be Spanish. It's not going to be English. But God's going to give you the ability to speak. You ready? In the name of Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. That's it. Come on. That's it right there. Come on. Let that loose, brother. Let that loose, Amado. Come on. Habla, 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 habla. <laughs> Woo, come on. That ain't Spanish, y'all. That ain't Spanish, y'all. Come on, that's Holy Ghost. <laughs> Don't stop. That's him, that's him. Come on. Hallelujah! 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 Oh! Was that Spanish? Was that Spanish? Was it English? You know what that is? What is that? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Amen. Were you speaking in tongues? Someone. Yeah. Let's thank the Lord for that. Come on. That's it, brother. Hallelujah. That means everybody say praise the Lord. How many will say praise the Lord? Cuando dicen gloria a Dios. A su nombre, victoria. 
para iglesia arriba para diablo derrota amen I'll let y'all go and figure that out thank you so much for allowing me the honor of preaching in this pulpit please continue hungering and receiving the word of God listen to me this is the greatest day to be alive there is revival in the midst of all of the chaos God speaks in that chaos God bless you y'all pray for New Orleans in Jesus name thank you pastor amen Father, we cover this man of God. We cover this man of God. All you sweet people of De Quincey, raise your hands to this man of God. Come on, you precious people, and cover him right now. Father, we just cover this man of God and his son and his team in New Orleans in the name of the Lord God. Father, what he has made happen for others, Lord, let it happen for him. We pray for an abundance, Lord, and a harvest in New Orleans, Louisiana, in the name of the Lord. We come against every stronghold through the power of the name of Jesus, that every witchcraft and every spirit of witchcraft and voodoo and every spirit of hell in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood in the name of the Lord over this man of God and over Lord this region Lord and we thank you for the angelic hosts that go before us the ministering spirits and the heirs of salvation Lord that do the work in the name of the Lord. We just thank you right now for this man of God and we thank you for the harvest in Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yesterday we were in the office and the Lord showed me something about Brother Odo. And I just told the Lord flat out, I said, I'm not doing it. I just told him. I said, I'm not doing it. And he kept showing me and I kept telling him, I'm not doing it. And he kept showing me and I kept telling him, I'm not doing it. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> I just told him. I said, I'm not doing it. And he got up. And this was about four o'clock. And he said something. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And the Lord touched Brother Odo in a mighty way yesterday. Because he's still the healer. See... God don't need a stage to work. All he needs is a willing heart. He'll work in a grocery store. He'll work in a post office. He'll work at Nichols. He'll work at Napa. He'll work in a school. He's just looking for a willing vessel. Father, I just thank you for the strength of the Lord that touches us where a man's hand can't go, where an eye can't see. It's that rim of the Spirit that, Lord, is even more real than the natural that we do see. And God, we just want to operate, Lord, in Your will. That Your purposes, Lord, be fulfilled in De Quincey. And Father, the prophecies, Lord, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. The prophecies that came out of the mouth of men like Brother Bennett, 
Lord, the prophecies that came forth out of men, Lord, like Brother Hennigan and others, and the prophecies that have come forth even, Lord, in the past 12 years. Lord, what you speak never dies. And Lord, those prophecies, God, we're just believing that they're going to unfold. And we're going to see the greatest things that our eyes have ever seen. And we're going to witness the greatest harvest, Lord God, that we've ever seen. And for that, Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Thank you for the wonderful people that make up the body of Christ of the Pentecostal church. Lead us on, God. Lord, we thank you for our heritage, but that's not where we're living. We're going to continue to walk with you to where you lead us and we will follow. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank all of you sweet, precious people for being in God's house tonight. Amen. Amen. I just got one more thing I want to say to you before you go. I'm going to keep telling all of you sweet people it takes the five-fold ministry to perfect the church. That's why I cannot. It's impossible for me to do it by myself. We need men of God like we heard tonight to help us get where God wants us. Can I get a witness? I love all of you and I know that you love me. Pray for me and you know I'm praying for you. Have a great week and I hope to see you Sunday and let heaven kiss the earth. Amen. God bless you. Thank you again.